Hey guys, Future Mark here. Um, there are, uh, I guess there's really one thing that I kind of need to address, just kind of right off the bat. Um, so, <laughs> uh, there's a couple issues, instances that happen with the audio. Um, the, the most one being prominent that you guys are probably going to pick up on is there are moments, uh, instances, where uh, my guests will react to something that I say, uh, sometimes before I even say it, or when I say it and never really when they're supposed to in the whole like context of the situation and vice versa in, in a few times um and i thought about cutting that for just the annoyance of it but the first half of the podcast is so integral because the second that it just didn't really feel right um it's not an issue with the second half um it pretty much picks up right after uh, there's another disclaimer that's going to be towards the middle where we got cut off and after we were cut off and hopped back in situation seemed to resolve itself a lot better. Um, there's also another issue where my beard is rubbing against my microphone. Um, as you can kind of tell right now, it's not really happening, and it's because I, I kind of found a way where I can still be heard and not, <laughs> you know, be annoying in that way. So, uh, you know, we're, we're working and learning things little by little, but hopefully you guys enjoy the episode. Thank you. <laughs> the door slam huh yes sir <laughs> all right uh get introductions out the way hello everyone mark and welcome to the first official episode of cd media today we have our guest uh vino hanging out what's up Vino? how you doing i'm doing great man thank you for having me i appreciate you for bringing me on your platform and being able you know give us a voice man so thank you for having me and you know i'm, I mean, you're the I'm first... excited you're the first official guest we had. It wasn't planned out. You're supposed to be the second, but right. honestly, like with everything going on right now and the whole BLM movement, I'm actually really happy to have a black man on as the first official guest of the podcast. This is, this is really good for me. Man, that's great. Look how look how everything worked out, man. <laughs> well, I guess before we get started, um, I'm already a couple shots in. What about you? How you how you feeling right now? I, I, I'm about two shots in, and I just poured another another little. Uh, about two and a half shots in my cup right now, so I'm sipping. <laughs> well, I'm you know sipping. what? Do you? Uh, well, you know, in, in in solidarity for me and my black brothers over here, do you want to have a shot together yes, before yes, we get sir. started? We can definitely take care right. of that. All right. So I'm pouring whiskey myself. I got you know Tullamore Dew. We're not sponsored, but hopefully at some point, mm. maybe they fucking will. It's my favorite. I feel you. I got I got some some cognac. I got the Remy Martin VSOP over here. So. No sponsors, no sponsors, no sponsors. I was gonna say you're definitely you're definitely plugging the black thing real quick. <laughs> no sponsors, no sponsors, man. <laughs> All right, whenever you're ready, we can do. Bet bottoms up. All right, to friends and family. Ooh, ooh, -wee. ooh. <laughs> oh yeah, you too, huh? Right off the bat. <laughs> right off the bat. I, was, I heard that. <laughs> All right, so I guess we're gonna get started. Uh, kind of little background so to all the listeners right now Vita and I would go way back I've known this man shit probably going on e easily said damn decade, how long man. has it been we easily met in decade, high school easily. so yeah oh, you can you can differentiate <laughs> between 09 and 20 yeah no 2000 
I was gonna say, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's been a damn near ten fucking years. This man is this man is my brother. He uh, he's one of the few people that can roast my mom, and she's willing to toss it back. Because like, otherwise, she'll be just like, "All right, fuck them." Like it ain't about that. Now. She was like, "All right, like fuck him too." I'm like, "We good. We good. We good." No, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a, always, you got a special man. place with me and mine always. But uh, so yeah, I mean, like hopping in, like we met back in high school, so like around twenty nine, uh, two thousand nine, and. Right away, it's like you know we 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 clicked a little bit, but it's like it wasn't really anything too crazy. It, the connection really started popping in way later on in life, and I think for me, kind of looking back, like maybe it's just because like you were definitely, I guess we should we should let this out for the you know listeners who don't actually know what I look like. Uh, I'm yeah, mixed, definitely. but I definitely look. And like then that also, don't don't try real. to pull that old <laughs> later in life when you used to come over at my house, you. And two of our other friends used to come over to my house and run Smash Bros all day. <laughs> yep, yep, you know that. Oh boy, Fufu, you know, that. You know what's up? <laughs> he still owes us Fufu. It's been a decade, and he still owes us Fufu. Talking all that, talking, bro, talking all that shit, never. and never, never can back it up. Whether whether it be in video games or whether it be Man. in like some like bomb ass cuisine, <laughs> boys fucking up, boys hey. fucking up the entire way. <laughs> but um. I guess, like, one thing I definitely want to, like, touch on is, like, like I said, like, you know, we, you know, we did hang mm-hmm. out and we did catch up, you know, a little bit, but, you know, it was, you were definitely one of the people that, like, I met first, we got along pretty well, but, like, I was still kind of reluctant to hang out with you just because, you know, like I said, listeners who don't know what I look like, <laughs> I look like a nigga, absolutely. So, like, you know, we were both, we were both two black men raised in South Central LA, and we just had two completely different experiences, and... You were definitely one of the people that I, you know, I liked. You liked a lot of the same shit that I liked, and we could always hang and vibe on whatever. But I never felt black enough to really hang out with you. And I know, like, look yeah, at no, that. I understand. Like, that's I understand. But like, like, but you know, but like, but like, growing up, like in that type of situation, like I always grew up never really being black enough. So like, you know, when you actually get acceptance, things like that for people that like were more. I guess for lack of a better terms, like traditionally black or people that were like really exhibited more of what it was to be in the black experience. Like I never felt like I was good enough for any of that shit. And uh, like, you know, in high school, like you were definitely living, living the black life. You were part of the step team and stuff like that. You know, like you were, you were hitting up, you, you uh, went to school at HBC. And you know, I, I didn't. I went, I went to a Jesuit university, so it's like already then, it's like it's just completely, completely different. And I, I can say like straight up, like even now, like it's crazy. Sometimes, like looking back at like our friendship and how things kind of develop, because it's like I, if you and I had never really had a conversation, and we never, you know, talked about Smash or we never like talked about Dragon Ball Z and shit like that, I never would have thought that I was black enough to hang out with somebody I like you. And, like, really, really, I feel the same way on the That's... other end as well, because it's, like, you know, because we, we went to school with alternative kids as well. Like, we had low-key Dambler, every every demographic of black in our school, even, like, how small it was. And it's, like, sometimes, oh, yeah. like, oh, I, yeah. fe- I, I felt, like, and low-key in every setting I was in, I low-key felt, like, the oddball, because I would hang out with you and the rest of our people and it's like 
I don't feel like I'm alternative enough or I don't I don't watch all of the I don't, I don't listen to all the music. I don't listen watch all the anime. I don't you know, I don't, I don't share the same lingo from for the lack of the most part. And then when I get around other people like, you know, the other crowds, then I'm not like as, you know, black because it's like I'm I'm more of a level headed type dude. It's like not not to even put it like everybody hot headed it's just that i'm not willing i'm not willing to fucking go no, out here and know like me i have i have a i have a sense of danger and when shit is not gonna go my way i like to be in control of my situations at all times oh yeah and like, and no. like you've never been a fucking never fucker, like and it's entire like time i've known you ever and i think and i think and i think that's why my mom like always liked you because like you know you were always like very smart, very aware of everything that was going on, and, like, you definitely knew when a situation, like, wasn't the type of situation you'd be in. You actually had awareness of shit like that. And I think that's definitely one of the reasons why my mom, like, really liked you. It's just like, all right, cool. He ain't just another nigga. He a nigga who knows (laughs) something. I was like, all right, cool. And so it's like, Appreciate. <laughs> I've, I've been in those situations, and sometimes, like, I'd be like, damn, I really escaped with my life some of these days and that's what grew me to realize like why am i in this situation why am i in this situation in the first fucking place why am i sitting up here getting robbed and walking where i'm not supposed to be at because i know the areas that i'm in and so it's no reason why i should be in these areas and it's like sometimes like i didn't feel like i like i knew how to handle myself but it's like i'm not gonna thrust myself into a situation where i have to handle myself you feel Mm -hmm. me like i'm I, i got to a point to where it's like i can fight yeah, I can I can really fight like really good. I got really good in middle school because we used to have race riots every week at Audubon. But that's crazy. No, <laughs> I we. Never I never would have thought of some shit like that. I mean, like then again, like I never. I think that was actually the no. Was that the middle school? I was supposed okay. to go, no, I was supposed to go to uh, Horace Man, and I didn't go yeah. there. But so I did know a lot of people. Out of my, I used to have, race riots was down there every week, bro, and I used to get tired because it's like. I can handle a couple motherfuckers. One thing I can't handle is being. One thing I can't handle is being. But that's junk. fucking like. <laughs> but like. But like. But no. But still, then, like, you gotta, you gotta really, really yeah. think about that. That's fucking crazy. Middle school. We're talking Back. eleven to 13, 14 right. years old. Ten right. maybe at the like. That's right. fucking crazy. Like that. You can't. Like, and it's like you know, people outside of like you know, like we grew up on the West Coast, so it's like people. It was completely, like, you know, grow up in the South, I'm sure, like, you know, there were some racial, you know, disparities and shit like that, but the fact that, like, you've got all these people, mm. you know, you got, like, you know, Mexicans, Black people, Guatemalans, mm-hmm. Asians, and shit like that, going to a lot of the same school, you know, we're, we're, we're a bunch of, yeah. you know, fucking tokenized we kids. We have unity, we, we should, shouldn't be have, we should have, we should have <laughs> some sense of community, but it's like, like, yeah. like, that shit's crazy to me, the fact that, like, you being someone, like I said, bare minimum, probably around 10 to 14 years old, has to go to school every day, and just the thought of, like, a race yeah, riot happening, it, that's fucking crazy. Like, that, that's not something that someone at, at your age should have to and think it, about, it, ever. Like, like, you know, like, this is, this is, this is literally two thousand. this ain't no Rodney King shit, like, right. we shouldn't be doing and this it's shit like, you would anymore. think that the, the time that, you know, we live in, or, like, some kids at a certain age shouldn't have to experience anything that on that level at all, or until they get to a certain age, bro. It's like, it's, it's ridiculous. So, like, like I mentioned before, like, I always thought that, like, I wasn't cool enough to hang out with other groups. You feel me? So, it's like, 
I'm not I'm not staying I'm not I'm yeah. not coming with y'all after school to go to the liquor store and just kick it or we about to go to so and so house because he got a pull. Man, look, my whole family is from this side. I know what they about. They're they they they're part of the blue people. You feel me? So it's like I got families in the blue people. And like I gotta walk <laughs> yeah. through to get to my grandma's house, and I'm already putting myself in danger. You think I'm about to willingly put myself over here and do this? And it's like I probably I wasn't cool enough for that crowd in high school. And that's how I felt because it's like literally, it's only a select few people from my graduating class that I actually talk to. Like I've I've run in to some people and even still to this day it's just like oh what's up Vino and then they keep it pushing I'm like I ain't seen you in about damn near a decade and that's all you had to say I knew he wasn't cool like that but at least I would have came up hugged had a quick little combo and then dip but like I was like like I only used to yeah I only really used to be around them because of you know the mutual friends that we had uh you know the really really tall guy the really tall light skinned guy um him and like that was that was one of my close <laughs> friends. Like he, they, my moms and them still ask about him, and so yeah, and I still I still keep in contact That's with crazy. him. He's one of the people like that I still keep in contact with. Like we don't talk every day, but I can definitely hit. I need I hit him up every now and then just to check up. That's just. It's... I mean, I feel like I feel like I feel like even then, like when we were in school, like he, I never really saw him associating people. Like he was just <laughs> you know this fucking. Yeah, he was always just chilling around. Like everybody knew who he was, but like he never really gave time to anybody. So like that's that's crazy that like you just like oh yeah like you know my family still asks about him. I was like I never yeah. thought he really yeah no like connect he, with anybody he, he would do that. So like I mean he was, you know, he outside was a looking dickhead. in like you know like, I had no idea. Um, so. Like he was a dickhead, but that we knew his personality and we knew he came from a genuine place. And it's like my my sisters, my mom, they all love yeah. him. They call him knees and elbows because he's so tall. <laughs> like these, he's so yeah. It's it's hilarious, yeah. and like they still they still hit me. I'm like, you talk to knees and elbows. Yeah. Like, yeah, man, he he lived out here, man. You feel me? I hit. What's it? Yeah, no. He, what, what's, uh, what's, what's what's he done? Since yeah, no, high he school? uh like, he graduated like, college and he works at like this pharmaceutical company now, and he lives in yeah yeah he lives in Rancho. Damn, that's what's up. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, tech, no, he, yeah, he's like, doing, he's doing well. I mean, he's good. Only reason I ain't seen his ass is because he live in fucking Rancho. Right. That's good. None. Ain't nobody trying to go to fucking Rancho. But that's that's my boy at the end of the day. Mm. I barely, I barely, I barely, I barely want to go see my ex. Oh, I barely, <laughs> barely want to go see my ex in Burbank. I'm like, fuck, shit. You tell yeah. me I gotta go. Nah, yeah, man. Up. So it's just like Mm-mm. you feel me. Like I always felt like an outcast because I never was really able to show my true self until I was around you guys. You feel me? You foo foo. Everybody else, and it's like I, that, I really couldn't be my true because they wouldn't re- be able to relate. They would think I'm just weird and awkward. And like literally growing up, I used to they used to try to bully me because I was smarter than everybody else. I used to have to dump. Yeah. Like, oh, I used to get bullshit like, all. I used to build that shit all the time. Like my own family, my own family thought that my mom and I thought that we were better than them because, uh, you know, quote, I talk too proper or like you know. I'm going to private yeah. schools or like I'm going to university out of the state and shit like that. But it's like, Game no, like my mom is <laughs> like not trying to be disrespectful. My mom, yeah, <laughs> my mom yeah. actually fought for me to have better opportunities because she thought that I was better Fair than it. a lot of what was put in front of me. And I thank her for that every fucking day. But it's like, 
you know, like we still we still blood. We cut from the same cloth. Like I'm, I'm not coming over here and acting any more disrespectfully. I'm still scraping up nickels and dimes to help try to fucking buy something for white elephant at Christmas. Like I want to feel like I'm a part of this family unit and for you to just straight up just shit on me like this. Like that's you don't you don't do that to family. You do that you do that to the redhead stepchild down the street mm. or some shit, but like you know, we're supposed to be a, a unit. Like, like, that's, like, that's fucked it up. wasn't even my family that ostracized because like everybody literally everybody in my family they're damn near geniuses. These these niggas are literally like Everybody, every one of my aunts on my mom's side of the family is in the medical field. And then on my dad's side, like one of my uncles, he's the president of a university. One of my uncles, he's a doctor for St. Jude's. And it, the list just goes down. So it's like I was always taught to strive for excellence, but you sent me to these schools. And it's like the school when I went to Audubon, I used to answer every question in class and then after class. I damn near have to fight. Oh, nigga, you making us look dumb. And woo-woo. I'm like, what are you talking about? Man? Teachers ain't gonna I'm answering that shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then when we go to the playground, they can't beat me in hoop either. So it's like, yeah, I'm like, I can really give you, I'm smart and I can give you buckets. I can give you, I can Checking give you these buckets boxes. too. Checking and then I used to have to fight because I'm giving motherfuckers buckets. And I'm like, come on, bro. This ain't, this can't be every day. So literally I stopped answering questions in class because I'm like, I'm getting tired of fighting and I don't want to fight no more. And see, it's fucked up like that, you know, like it, it, it sucks, like being a person that's got so much going for them. And because, you know, like when you're young, like this is the type of shit that goes through your fucking head. You know, you want to be so much a part of a group and feel like you belong somewhere that you just dumb yourself down and lo- mm-hmm. you just push a lot of opportunities for yourself away. Just just like and that's fucked up. Like, you know, we should we should strive to see like our young black men and our black women like doing more shit like this, like. You know, we, we, we want to see more people in the medical field. We want to see more people, like, being present universities. We want to see fucking some more black astronauts shit like that. You want to see people utilizing, like, their, like, natural talents to do shit like that. And it's fucked up that you, yeah. both of us, I mean, I, you know, my, my situation is a little bit different than yours. But, like, I still, like, you know, you, I got it from my family. Yeah. You got it from kids at school. So it's, like. I'm not saying that mine was it, worse it, because it, like, it, it lo- was it low personal, key. but it's like even then, so, it's like when you when you when you see when you see these young black minds, you should nurture you, it. You feel like you, you should, should nurture you should that. Feel like, like you should shape and these the thing things, is, you know, like yours hurts a little deeper because it, it it's it's happening to you from the people that you look up to. So when the people that you look up to treat you a certain type of way, it's like that that cuts a little deep. You feel me? Because it's like. I, I really just had a situation like this with my sisters. And it was like, we got into an argument because I told them, like, I feel like y'all don't love me. And they were like, what are you... No, oh, I was that's, like... And, that's a heavy and, like, We don't got to stay too deep in it. And then I told them, I was like, look, I realize that y'all love language isn't my love language. I just need y'all to know that y'all don't say nice shit to me. Ever. And then, like, we, we can have a cordial mm-hmm. conversation, but it's like, the... I've only received one compliment from you ever, and it was two years ago. You said, Vino, if you ever took care of yourself, you'd be a handsome, handsome nigga. That was the only com- that was the only compliment I've ever gotten. <laughs> just like just like a fucking <laughs> And so it's too. like they like, you know we love you and I've always looked down for you. And I was like, Yeah, when I was a kid, man. When I when when I moved to LA, man, all that shit was different. <laughs> like I was on my own. I haven't lived in the same city as my dad since I was fucking 
in the third grade, fourth grade. So I had to take parental guidance from every other older male that was around me. I I had I mean, and that's fucked up, but that's that's pretty much what it is to be a young black man. It's it, you know, like it it's 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 so crazy now that like it's such a you know, phenomenon to see like, you know, black families where the dad is still there. But no, I mean, that's that's real shit. Like, you know, I was also pretty much predominantly raised by a single mom and it's like you know there's only so much that they can teach you about what it is to be a man at all the best thing they can really do to teach you is how not to disrespect Mm -hmm. women how to treat them respectfully and like you know give you give you like that that mothering kind of quality it's like they teach you they teach you respect from a more compassionate standpoint rather than like you know where if you have a dad around, they teach you compassion, but more right. in a leadership role or like kind of what it means to like, and you know, it's, it's fucked up, but like, this is historically accurate. Being a black man, you're carrying the world on your shoulders yeah. ever since, you know, they brought us here to America. It's just like, we've been fucking putting the foundation. Right. Down it's like, so like being a black man, it just, it means holding right. way more responsibility than you're used to. And like, you know, I, I get it. I get it. You know, that's why sometimes like, you know, black people, especially black men get this, you know, kind of stereotype or this kind of idea about them that they're very like, like, you know, like you mentioned earlier, hot headed or things like that. But it's just like you got to understand you're talking about hundreds of years of being smacked around and forced to do shit that you never even fucking asked to and just taking it with like, I get it. You know, at some point, exactly. things are going to things are going to fuck up. But it, at all, you can't, like, you can't fault I didn't even realize like the type of situation I in, I was in until I got to college and I was around some of my homies that grew up in two parent households and had their pops in their life. And it was like, your pops ain't never, te- your pops ain't teach you how to tie your shoe or ride a bike. I was like, shit, no, he didn't. Uh, my, no, it wasn't. It, it, <laughs> my it mom was, did. It wasn't even my mom. You like, did. My, my mom, mom skipped did. out when I was three. I moved with her when I got when I got to fifth grade, mm-hmm. but my cousins taught me how to tie my shoes. Mm-hmm. My sisters taught me how to tie my shoes and shit like that. Like a na- one of our neighbors, that literally next door neighbor, had been in the like we've been close with them since forever, and we're still close with them. My I call them my white family. They they're they're literally my set my second family. They my white family, <laughs> and can't nobody tell me shit about them. I'll get, you call them racist, I'm beating your ass. You feel me? Because they look they've been looking after me since I was a kid. Shit, they taught me how to ride a bike. You feel me? Like anything I was going through, like one of my closest friends, his name, uh, I'm about to say his name. But yeah, like one of my closest friends was him. Like we used to walk to school every day from elementary, like every day in elementary school, come to my house, or I'm coming to his house, and we walking to school every day in elementary school. And it was like that. You feel me? So it's like certain instances I didn't realize I didn't have with my dad until. I got to college or I got older and I was like, damn, I'm really a statistic, but not even like realizing it. Cause I thought this shit was normal. So it, yeah, no. So it's like, Fuck, man, that's crazy. you know, gr- growing up the way that we did isn't normal. And I, it should never have and to it's be like, normal. Absolutely not. One thing we have to do is correct the cycle, man. We have to do better than generations before us did it. And continue continue to strive and do better because, you know, we we gotta create the future that we want for our children. 
Well, no, and, that, and that's, you know, that's what it means to right. be a parent or like, that's really what it means to be the next generation. You know, you look back on what happened. You, you have to pretty much tell yourself, I don't right. want to make these same fucking mistakes. You got to learn from the people that came from before. You got to learn from ex- exactly. And that's why, like, personally for myself, like, you know, going through therapy and shit like that and a lot of stuff that I had to go through was just realizing that, you know, your parents, a lot of times, mm-hmm. they'll love you the best way they can. Sometimes it's not, an, sometimes they it's not enough. They were doing their best. But if they, if they, if they try, exactly. that's got to mean something. Because I know, like, my dad and I definitely did not have the best uh, relationship growing up. And now that I'm 26, like, we're definitely a lot better. But a lot of that also has to do with, and, like, you know, just in case he's listening right now, Dad, I love you now. Yes, I'm sorry, that sounds crazy. But a lot of that has to do with the fact that I've got a younger brother and younger sister right now. We're 14, 18 years apart. And a lot of the relationship that I have with him now and a lot of the relationship I want to have with him is because I know what it was like growing up with that man. And I know how he is. And I don't want my brother and sister to go through a lot of that same type right. of shit. He's a lot better now as a person, as a father, yes. But at the same time, it's like he still has a lot of the same aspects of himself that I definitely did not get along with. And I know, especially now, we're in the 21st century where shit's a lot more available. We can definitely look up a lot of stuff now. And, you know, being a kid, you can definitely, like, talk a lot more shit and have a lot more facts to back it up with. But... I always want my brother and sister to feel like, you know, they've got someone to talk to. They've got a place to go if they ever need it. So a lot of my relationship now with my dad has to do pretty much with them. It's hey, a little, it's a little fucked up that way. But they're, they're, nah, they're, 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 my, they're my priority in that type of situation. And I know I got to keep a good relationship with him uh-huh. so that I can have a good relationship with him. And that's the them. thing, like, that, that, that's how complicated it was with my parents. It's like, you don't, understand that your parents are are people and they are actually like they're not just your parents they're people until you get to a certain age and you realize damn like okay they're like this like i've always had like a rocky relationship with my mom's like she did the best that she could and she raised me the best way that she could and i love her to death for that and it's like i yeah, no, nah, she, she, she did, she did her job. fucking thing. And that's the same thing with my dad. Like, my dad wasn't always present because, like, I don't even know if you ever met my pops. But, like, around the time that, like, we was in high school, my pops lived in Marino Valley. It's like, he's, he's 45 minutes away, but like, it's not like I saw the nigga every day. You feel me? But he was always a phone call away. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you feel me, the shit that I'm going through at school and all of this shit, and you're not here. Yeah, it's easier. Like, yeah, no, it's definitely way easier to have. You know, it, you know, I, I get it. Like making a phone call is easy, but like it doesn't hit you the same way as when you come yeah. home and you can just run into that guy's arms and cry. Yeah, and, and then like, it's like a fucked up day today. Me and my pops was bumping heads for a little bit after I first moved back because I moved. I'm when I moved back from New Orleans, I stayed in Vegas for a couple months because my sister lived in Vegas, and like my sister and my pops live in Vegas, mm-hmm. and you know that was the first time since literally. I was in the fourth grade that me and him lived in the same city. You know, at this time, I was like, I'm 24 years old. Shit. <laughs> so it's like, you really can't tell me <laughs> shit. What you gonna tell me, man? So we had to really 
Yeah, I really, I really yeah, had, to, man had, had to relearn yeah. each other and learn like how to love each other again, and it was a process. But that's the thing, like I never faulted my pops for anything, nor my mom's, and that was just because I know at the end of the day they people and they they try their best, man. So, and that's really and that's really yeah, mature. Some like, people never get over I, that type of shit. That just that just honestly shows like how much of a bigger person you are, and um, so like I commend like, you for that type of shit. You only get one set of parents, man. I, I I've had a couple homies that have lost their parents at very young lives, or like they only got one parent in the household and they don't know where they pops or their moms is, whether what the situation is, and it's just that shit. Even though my pops was somewhere else dealing with something else, and you know my mom's is doing her thing and shit. I was looking after myself too a little bit, but they, they, they was always a phone call away at, at any time. And it was like, if I actually needed them, they was going to pop up. That's one thing I can always say about my pops is if I genuinely call him and genuinely need something, if he ain't got it, he's going to make a way to get it. You feel me? So that's one thing I can appreciate. And it's like, okay. That's right. a real nigga right there. Right. That's a real, thing, that's a real one man. One thing they can never Absolutely. say about my pop is that he ain't never looked out for his kids. So, yeah. That's good shit. All right. Um, oh, so actually, like, we, we, yes. we started getting, like, really emotional just now. But uh, there, you mentioned something What's a little up? while ago that I definitely want to touch up on. Um, so you were talking about how... Uh, like a lot of your family, they go into like these fields, mm-hmm. like you know, we got medical and things like that. Uh, do you feel like having, you know, these strong relationships with these people in these fields, do you feel like that led you to wanting hell, to? Hell no, I didn't want to. I didn't even want to do it after it was a graduate or like last option. I didn't want to do I didn't want to do it. And, and okay. it was like, the so last, yeah, the so like, option, so, so I'm going to tell you how I joined <laughs> One of my homies was like, yo, bro, come with me to see this recruiter. I wish I wish you listen. I want, I want you guys to listen to the passion of man voice right now because like I, I was not I was no. not expecting this. I was I was like oh yeah. No, like, no. I was like, no, no, no. Me, hold, hold the fuck up. Hold me and my uh, homie, nah, he was that. like, right. look, we are gonna do this buddy program. Do do. I'm like, man, I ain't trying to do no fucking military man. Get out of my face. Uh, he was like, no, nah, just come with me to recruiter. We can go in together, do this little stamp, boom, get us some money, be good. I was like, all right, man, I'll listen. Man, he had me up at there at six o'clock in the morning. I am not a morning person. And I'm falling asleep in the chair while this dude is talking, <laughs> this recruiter is talking, bro. And I'm still an athlete at this point. I'm in college. I'm still an athlete. He was like, man, you said, man, what's up? You don't really want to do this, man. Can you can you do at least – how many push-ups can you do? I was like, man, I could bust out 100 right now. now I, he was like, man, you lying. Dick went down, did 100 push-ups. He was like, damn, you, you – I'm like, yeah, bro. I, I'm, really, I'm really a hooper. Like, boo So that happened. And then I just – after after that point, I was like, man, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to sign up. Call my mom, and I was like, yeah, um, I'm joining the military. She was like, man, what the fuck? You ain't joining no goddamn military. What, what you talking about? I was like, mom, look. we get... Oh, my mom was way different. My mom was yeah. like, you ain't doing yeah. shit with your life. You at least want to join the military. And she was like, like no, you see, because, like, my grandpa, nah. he used to be in the military, and he was he was in Vietnam. Like, he was a Vietnam vet, and she, see the, she saw the way that the military treated him. You feel me? But also, like, okay, but to be fair, though, Vietnam no, most, most definitely, it's a way different story. Like, yeah, no, that was that was that was right. that was a culture right. war. That so, was a like, whole different. I was like, all right, mom, I gotta go to work, but we're gonna talk about this after. She's like, all right, well, next time you call me, I'm getting you a plane ticket to come back home. Man, I got off the phone and went and go sign my contract. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. And then okay, after she found out, she stopped talking to me for like four or five months. See, I see, see, yeah, I didn't, I never, she, I never knew she this story. Out, she stopped talking to me for like four or five months, and then, yeah, that, but no, I didn't, I didn't want to join the <laughs> fucking military. I just did it because I couldn't pay for school. Like I was, I was drinking too much and partying too much. I tell you. And my no, yeah, damn. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you, you, my you GPA would, you would come with went me and my boys, to so shit. And I got on academic probation. Couldn't even get my GPA while I was on academic probation. And then I couldn't get FAFSA. Like, I could go to school, yeah. but I couldn't get FAFSA. So that means I couldn't pay for school. My school was thirty three grand a year. I ain't had that shit. So that I joined. Mm. Yeah, no, I was, I was, I was, I was, yeah. I was so uh, like, forty five, like, uh, military. Y'all gonna pay for school? Bet. But what they don't tell you is your GPA needs to be at a certain fucking level in order for them to pay for it. And then they only pay for certain schools. They don't pay for every school. They only pay for fucking certain schools. And then at private schools, they only do tuition assistance. They don't tell you that. They don't do that. They don't tell you that when you sign up. No, because all they do is tell you is like, oh, yeah, we can help with school. All right, cool. Bet. All right, but which school though? Like, which one are you going to? All right, exactly. nigga, this wasn't part of the fucking. So, this wasn't part of the. Yeah, but they ain't telling me that. Like, the military still ain't paid for my school yet, and I've been in six years now. I mean, you fought for the fucking. You man. fought for this fucking country. So that should mean uh, something. But yeah, man, I ain't want to join the fucking military. See, I like you know when, when you bring up something like, oh yeah, like we got people in the medical field and shit like that. I'm just like, oh, so like you're used to. Being a family of servants, like, oh, fuck that. It was just a thing that happened. It was sucking my dick talking about push ups. Exactly. Shit. Like, oh, happened. okay, cool. Fuck. Um, that that went a completely different direction. So, um, I don't know if we're gonna edit this part out or not, but like, this, this went completely differently than what I thought was gonna go. So, my apologies. Uh, <laughs> okay, um, raw and uncut segue. Uh, so, <laughs> so, um like, like you know, like I brought up earlier, you went mm-hmm. to uh, in, in uh, HBCU. What was that like? Especially, like, you know, like, we, you already kind of talked to us a little bit about how, you know, you also never really felt like you were a lot of times good enough because you had these certain interests that, like, a lot of it times... It was amazing. Like, what was that like, kind of it going to... It was probably the really? most amazing experience I've ever had, and it's like... At, yeah, because it was like... Really? It was it was such a family oriented feeling there, like literally. I'll... And that's and that's what the black community should be like. Yeah, so no. it's really good to hear that they actually have that. I'm gonna just let you on, a, on like two or three things. One, I remember one time I missed class like two All days right. in a row. My professor called me and was like, "Vino, where the hell are you at? I haven't seen you in my class." Second, I remember when I first got back from the military and I have nowhere to stay my boss from my uh, work study let me stay at his house rent free until I got on my feet See, and then I fucking love to hear literally that. when they like when they used to see me down and out like they were they no nah, we going to lunch I'm buying you food and uh, they'll put money in my pocket or like this is people just like for my work study and like all the other faculty members that will always see me and all that stuff like they'll put money in my pocket or like they're all like and one of the faculty members will always be on my head like I better see you walking this stage soon you know hey I don't play that shit I better see you walking this stage you better get your degree like you too you too smart for this 
<laughs> give me back, give me back every fucking, nah, like every fucking dollar I gave you. You need to get on your shit. Like you know you good. You're a great person. Don't ever get down on yourself. Get that degree, man. You worth it. Like it would just that would just be a constant thing. It was really a family-oriented environment where I always felt welcome. I want everybody listening right now. I want everybody listening right now to take note of that shit. This is how you shape young minds. This is the way you help shape the future. You fucking encourage people like this, man. Because we all, especially like being young in this like very information heavy age, shit's going to get hard. You got all this information flying in at one time. You don't know what's true and what's not. Help shape these young minds, man. Right. I'm telling you, everybody listening right now, this is, this, this, is, this, is a, this is a this is a success story. And we can have a lot more like this. We just need to right. motivate these young and, people. And like, so I'm just, that's just saying why, that right now. That's always my biggest thing to encourage. Like, one... When you're when you're going to college, like I tell my little cousins all the time, when you go into college, number one, pick a school that's giving you the most money. I don't give a fuck if it's give a fuck if it's an HBCU oh, uh, <laughs> or a PWI. And that, that no, shit. that is one reason why I did not. That is one reason why I did not go to Berkeley <laughs> exactly. because Berkeley wasn't offering any money. And like and like in like you know yeah. you know fucking all the people at our high school fucking the staff and shit like that I was like you want to go to a good school you want to do this I'm like yeah that's cool exactly. but I also want to graduate with no debt so exactly. like that would be really fucking so, nice so get it Berkeley is a great school cool but at the same time everyone's trying to get a degree right, right now job market's flooded why the fuck that's exactly. fine I can work my way up from the bottom. That's fine. And I can do that a lot easier right. when I have yeah. little to no debt. And so I have fuck that. Like I said, I have these conversations with my little cousin. I'm like, number one, go to a school that's giving you the most money. That's the most important part. You can damn near go to school for free. Two, I recommend like. the HBCU just because of my experience. If you want to go somewhere else, cool. But I promise you, like, the, 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 definitely. I, I say nice. I'm biased at all times. <laughs> Uh, but I was like, my biased <laughs> experience is like, go if you whatever school ain't giving you the most money, pick HBCU because you're going to have that black experience that you like is like because you have black folks from every demographic that go to your school. Like you gonna like you're gonna have black folks that come from upper class, middle class, lower class, alternative black. Blacks that think they hood, but they really not hood because real hood niggas don't go to college. They little brothers go to college. Everybody know that. Uh, like you, you have all these different demographics of black folks successful or just got it out the mud or they the first generation or they a legacy. Like all of their family then went to this damn college, so they was kicked in their ass to go to this college. Like you have every demographic of black, so it's not even just one perspective that oh you get here and everybody thinks the same. Shit, you got conservative blacks that be in that motherfucker and be like, I, I don't know why you niggas are complaining so much. Like, <laughs> like you want a bus, I don't know. But it's like, you have every demographic, so it's like, it's not like you're going to get there and it's like, oh, well, this is, they, they just don't know what the hell they're talking about. But I feel like it's just going to be a family experience that a lot appreciate. If you don't want to go to HBC, cool. I just recommend them because of the experience that I had. And some of my other friends, most yeah, honestly, definitely, like I still like want to go back to my one. school and get get my degree from there. But I probably don't think I will, because my uncle is the president of a university in Georgia, and I will be going there to um, get my degree because he's a president. Facts, fucking facts, nepotism, nepotism. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna be doing that. But yeah, I, I always advocate for HBCUs and motherfucker to go to HBCU just because. I feel like that's one of the best routes to go because what's better 
than like somebody who grew up in an environment where they probably didn't go to a school seeing somebody who looked like them every day and they weren't encouraged. Now you about to go to a school, even if it's a school, big school like Howard or a small school like Tuskegee or Dillard. Like you can you can go to a school that fits you. You feel me? If you're not big on keen on big schools, they got small universities. My university only held like fifteen hundred people. But you go to Howard, that's damn near thirty thousand people. Like you got your you got your different demographics, but I always advocate for that. And then it's also shit. Ain't nothing wrong with PWI. Some of my favorite people then went to PWI. Some of my closest friends, you. Some of my other big homies that you done met, the one of my big homies that dropped me off at your house, you feel me? He went he went to Diller first, but he went to UNO. He got his degree from UNO. So it's like I advocate for both sides of the spectrum, but you know, I'm biased, so I'm going HBCU all day. Hey guys, future mark here. Um <laughs> recording in the rain at the moment, so uh I guess that's just showing how well this is going for the first episode. Um, but it, I just wanted to address the fact that there was a uh, mic issue on my end. Uh, so when we hop back in after this disclaimer, there is going to be kind of a weird jump in the conversation. So just here to address that at the moment. Um, you know, we're learning as we go here and we hope to be better for next time. But um, thank you for sticking around and. Anyway, let's hop back into the show. So my boy Vino and I, we had a connection issue at some point. I'm not exactly sure what happened, um, but what was the last thing that you heard so we can kind of pick up back off that again? Uh, I was like, I had just went on a rant, honestly. I think it was just about the, uh, I don't remember the last thing you said, but what was the last thing you heard from me? Because I, uh, the last thing I said was about like me advocating for HBCUs. No, no, I heard, I heard all of that the entire. Oh, okay, life. yeah. So, After that, I didn't hear anything from you. Okay, so you didn't hear anything I said about like you know to the young viewers out there listening that community college sometimes can actually be really, really good for a lot of people. Facts. No, I yeah, like dog. If you don't know okay. where the hell you want to go, get them, get them, go to community college, get them general eds out the way, save you a whole lot of money. Yeah. Uh, yeah, see. yeah. <laughs> So, you know, this is a really good spot to pick back up on and everything. So, um, fuck, I'm, I'm very upset about all the editing we have to do. But you know what? It's fucking blood, sweat, and tears for, you know, you, you're passionate about something. You got you to gotta fucking do it. Um, so, I guess, like, this is where I was uh, actually asking you the question before, you know, we end up having to, like, disconnect the show and everything. Um, going to, I guess, like, you know, asking... Uh, going to an HBCU, how do you feel like that helped uh, shape your black experience for you? And like growing up as a young black man, especially going to a university, which apparently this is something that not a lot of black people do. I don't know where the fuck this is coming from, but whatever. <laughs> how how do you feel like going to a more you know predominantly black institution for higher learning? How do you feel like that helped shape? your experience as a young black man rather than possibly going to a school that, you know, would not have a huge, you know, minority basis or just like, you know, things like that. Like, how do you feel like going to your school, like really helped shape your experience for you? Uh, I feel like it was like, I feel like it had a really, really 
like great impact on me just because of like the people that I met while I was in college. Okay. But as far as me being a young black man in America, you know, my experience and shit, like you might you might be underwhelmed by this, but like I created my own bubble in my head. So it's like I didn't really let too much shit affect me. Okay. Like and and that shit really came back to bite me in the ass while I was in college because it just I just got overwhelmed at one point, but like I didn't really let too much shit affect me about what was going on around me and all that shit. I just kept, I was able to really be good at keeping my head down and keep working and getting to where I needed to go because I was smart enough and I had enough talent, I had enough drive. And when I got to college, like Dillard wasn't even my first choice to go to. Like I I went there because they accepted me on the spot at the Black College Expo at the Convention Center. <laughs> but my number one choice was North Carolina. Second choice was LSU. Those are the schools I wanted to go to. LSU, because, huh? Yeah, because okay. they have great they have great athletic program and a great basketball program, and I wanted to go somewhere where I can hoop and really, you know, do my thing. I was going to say, you don't, you don't really strike me as a, as a Baton Rouge kind of kid, but, you know. No. Like, I wanted to go to school that had a great program in uh, not only academics, but sports, so I can really, you know, get get, get my head in, uh, hoop, and do what I needed to do, and, you know, try to make it out, get some money, and then put my people on. But when I, – like, I ain't going to lie. I let fear set in me. I didn't apply to LSU mm. nor North Carolina. I didn't even apply. I only applied to, like, two Cal States. And then I got in uh, – to Dillard at the Black College Expo, and that's why I ended up going. Don't do me. Don't be like me, kids. Don't be like <laughs> you. Don't be afraid. You, you, every shot you don't take is a shot that could have went in. So I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that that's that. Yeah, that's definitely the quote. But no, I mean he's no. Right. It, it, it's not the quote. Everybody be saying <laughs> you, 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 you miss every shot you don't take. But I just revised it and did my own shit. I'm saying, you know, I got it from Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan once said, why would I think about missing a shot I haven't taken yet? Trade, trademark Dino uh, 2020. <laughs> right. So you guys know so, what's up. So it's like, man, you know, hey, you, you, every shot you don't take is a shot that could have went in. So put that, put it. that bitch. I'm a, I'm a, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to the interns I don't have. We're going to put that shit on a t-shirt. We're going to fucking make this happen. It's all good. It's all good. We got you. Over here, no, over here, over here at the CD media, you know, it's just, it's nothing. We a family unit. We, we in this, you know, live so, together, you know, we, we ride together, we die together, bad boys for life. That's all it is. Right. So I really feel like being at the school that I was really shaped me into the man that I am today. And I don't think I now I think that I couldn't have got that at anywhere else. I wouldn't have grown into the person that I am now without the people that I had around me at the school that I went to. Like, like if I would have went to LSU or any other college, I wouldn't have had those same people around me and the people that looked out for me and the people that was there for me when I was going through my episodes and trying to get my mental health right. And, you know, my big. And that's really win. that's really important. That's really mental Facts. health. That shit is. Don't don't let don't let anybody ever fucking tell you that that shit is not important because it fucking is. Facts. Never never yeah. be afraid. Never be afraid to reach out if you got issues and shit going on like that. Like, yeah. Because dude, your fucking your brain will play a lot of tricks on you, and if you ain't in the right mindset, it's it's literally a war that you're fighting against yourself, yeah. and you will Facts. you will fail. You will you, fail every you will time lose without a support system. You will lose without a support system. Absolutely.
So, like, I really feel like the school that I went to was perfect for me because, one, I know I would have got – my anxiety would have shot through the roof if I went to LSU because it's too big of a school and I don't do big good with really big crowds. And yeah. then knowing the people that I met while I was at Diller Band, like, literally the people that I met since my freshman year have – been my close some of my closest friends to this day so we damn near creeping on 10 years of friendship you feel me mm-hmm. so it's like you know it, it's just like those people and that really helped shape me into the man i am today so it it's it's helped me it also is not only helped me realize that i gotta shift my perspective as a black man and helping the uplift my community not like not only just the black community but like just the world at home because if you're not changing lives what are you really doing you feel me we out here we really we really out here to help everyone you feel me like my my main goal is that you know help my people help my black folks but if i see somebody in need i'm gonna help i don't give a fuck what shade you is so really at the end of the day like Going to HBCU and the people that I'm around, like some of my closest, some of my closest friends was gay, like, and some of the homies, like, man, I ain't fucking with them. I'm like, I don't give a fuck who you have sex with, as long as you good with me, then I don't give a shit. You feel me? Uh, and that's the way it should always fucking be. I mean, like, let's be real. Like, nothing you doing is impacting me in any way. It's not like you know the fact that you want to go out there and get some dick is all of a sudden taking years off my life. Like, that's not exactly. You know, and like then, it's not a cancer for me. Like, it's fine. I'm I'm fine. Facts. I'm doing good. Facts. And some of the so, so I, I I get into arguments sometimes because I don't understand like some the hate and all of the abuse that the LGBTQ community go through. But they the fir- they the first ones on the front lines when it's some black issues. You feel me? Well, who's out there getting killed and all of that just because of who they having sex with? Gay dude, gay dudes and black women are always on the front lines fighting for it because they know me? what it's because they know what it's like. Like like right. I said, like you know, I I've been I've been a part of the queer community ever since I was I was a young kid, mm-hmm. and you know, like I always knew that like I wasn't really doing a lot of the same things everybody else is doing, and that's that's one thing that always hurts very heavy is like when you see people in the queer community just going after each other so maliciously is just like you know just you, pure you, you know, like like you it's guys, pure ignorance. you know it's like we've we've been we've been murdered we've been beaten we've been kicked out of houses and shit like that for way worse even even way little a lot of times for what's going on yeah no it's it's like and it's y'all like, y'all, y'all, see, y'all go through shit just because of the way that you were born, some shit that you can't change. And it's like, why can't people accept you for who you are? And because it, it's not like you out here fucking up other people's day, you killing somebody, or you just are who you Literally are. Literally just trying to live my fucking life. And exactly. Do, and do what I can just like you. And that's exactly. why it fucking, and that's why it fucking blows my mind that there's so much animosity just within the queer community like that. It's like, you know what it's like to be fucking just kicked out and just being treated less than a human being why would you want to perpetuate that with anybody else you should understand exactly and and that's why like sometimes like it's really crazy like when you see people like that like who especially during pride month and shit like that like going on right now it's june it's pride month Mm -hmm. 
you there's so a lot of times there's so much animosity there's just so much crazy shit going on and it's just like you've lived most of your life a lot of times depending on where you grow up hiding who you are so you should understand what it's like to be afraid and just need that kind of support and shit and it's like i don't understand like where a lot of this comes from which is crazy and it's like same thing like being like i get it hyper masculinity is a really really big thing in the black community but absolutely but it's like even if you don't agree with someone being gay or you know the gay lifestyle or whatever but it's like it's like you know even you don't agree with that being gay is a death sentence just like being black in america you should understand that and you should Mm -hmm. still you know, even even if this person, you know, if this person doesn't see the same way that you do about relationship things like that, you should understand what it's like to be killed Man. for something that you can't control. That Facts. shit's fucking crazy, and Absolutely. I don't get it, and I just don't get it. Honestly, I don't have tolerance for ignorance, so when I peek this shit, I just remove myself. Yeah, I feel that. Like, I, a I like... lot of times, like a conversation can only go so far if someone's not willing to change, and you're just wasting your breath a lot. Honestly, at this point, when it comes to I and I don't, I don't mean to say it like this, but when it comes to certain white people and <laughs> certain niggas, it's like, bro, I'm not. You're old enough to use Google, use this shit. You that ignorant for a reason, my nigga. I'm not about to go to a library. I'm not about, free. Fact, I'm not about to sit here and educate you on some shit that you could have did yourself. It's not. That's not my job. It's not your black friend's job to educate you, bro. Educate yourself and then stand next to your black friend because you want to sit up here talking about you not racist. But because you got black friends, but that don't that don't that don't even correlate with each other. Same thing with same thing with my heterosexual men out here that's out here bashing gay men and trying to do all this dumb shit and hurting them and killing them and you know that 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 trans man that got killed. Uh, I mean a trans woman that got killed not too long ago. You feel me? Uh, by some men and that black woman that got thrown in the trash can by by like a group of like this shit don't make no sense. You feel me? But I mean, Why like okay. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 I, no, I was saying like it really don't make no sense. Like, why? Like, why can't you appreciate these people just just because they out here? You feel me? Like, I don't give a fuck what the person next to me does as long as they ain't hurting, killing, and stealing from nobody. Like, if, if they ain't, if, you know, if they ain't doing shit that affects nobody out here and they just living their life, bro, let them live. Like, ain't got shit to do with you. No, no, you're good. You're good. So, like, you know, just, just, just for the sake of argument, you know, I'm gonna play devil's advocate on some mm-hmm. shit like this. A lot of times, that also has to do with education, because, like, let's be real, um, you know, fucking when you're learning American history and shit like that, how often do you really learn about Black culture in American history? Not re- a lot. No, you really don't. Because, like, because, like, because, like, I'm gonna be real as fuck. The coolest Black motherfucker I ever learned about in school was probably Frederick Douglass. I thought yeah. he was cool as shit. Yeah, and you know? uh, and Marcus Garvey. Because, like, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, you know, like, like I'm going to be real. George Washington Carver didn't really mean shit to me. I'm like, cool, this nigga know about peanut butter. I like peanut butter. I guess that's Facts. cool. But, like, you know, at the same time, it's just, like, it's very easy to want to, you know, throw stones at people and shit like that for being uneducated. But at the same time, it's just, like, when you're going to an institution that's supposed to educate you, especially on the country that you're born in and the shit that's going on, throughout history at that time they don't really teach a lot of that shit and if they do it's for what 28 days out of the year so like you know yeah doing doing do you know like doing a little bit of math right now so it's like you know you're in school for (laughs) like what 12 years times 28 days 
336 days out of your entire, you know, fucking elementary all the way up to high school. 336 days you are taught about black culture. Think about the rest of the fucking year and all the shit you're not fucking learning. You know, sometimes exactly. we can't be sometimes we can't be mad at people for being ignorant, but at the same time, we can fault them for choosing not to pursue this type of information because yeah, no. we are in we are in a very technical savvy. We are in time. the information era. Anytime someone is ignorant, for the most part, they're choosing to be. Yes, I'm, I, 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 I firmly, I, I, I firmly learned, fucking, I firmly believe that. One thing that I learned in in high school from my favorite English teacher, black lady. I mean, you know who I'm talking about. No, I know. Mm. The one, yep. the, the number one thing I learned from her. My mama's best friend. <laughs> the only thing I learned from her <laughs> is called uh, ignorance, second degree, and tertiary ignorance. First degree ignorance is, you know, you just don't know what you don't know. Second is you know what you don't know, but it, it, it is what it is. Third is you understand that you don't know this, but you're not taking it upon yourself to seek out that information. So that's one thing that I always kept. I was like, okay, like you can be ignorant, but you don't know what the fuck is going on out here, really. In oh, this- no, I, I respect, I respect the fuck out of her because, uh, you know, we we both have her. And yeah. One of my one of my favorite things about that was just like. You know, when it came time to like doing the readings for the year, she straight was just like, "Hey, look, I understand there's a certain type of curriculum that we're expected to teach you guys based on you know LA Unified and shit like that. But you know what? We're a private institution. I'm about to be real right now. I'm gonna teach you about some black authors and some shit that's going down because they're teaching you guys things that they feel like matters. I'm gonna teach you what really matters. I'm just like, Thanks. I always, I always respected the fuck out of her for that. Correct. Because you know, not a lot of people, not, you know, not a lot of people, not a lot of teachers are really going to be going outside the curriculum. You know, you see fucking like freedom rise and shit like that. We got like this person coming in and it's like, <laughs> you know, Bang. being like, oh, cool, I get it. You know, you're a minority type of situation. Let me fix you. Let me save you and shit like that. And let me, you know, let me learn some, of, you know, going through. But it's like it's not. It's never like that. It's yeah. never really like that. It, but the thing is, is like, what's funny to be about that situation is like. She thought that she was just going to be this regular teacher that, like, was coming to, like, teach. And then she realized, oh, shit, that these kids go through a whole lot of different shit that a lot of kids aren't subjected to. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, one of my friends who's who's a pr- principal, she's, like, she had to fight for one of her kids to not be expelled and to, for him to graduate because he was one of those kids that was troubled and was fighting every day. And was like, you don't know what this kid is going through at home. This kid is sleeping on the couch at his cousin's house. He is 17 years old. His parents don't give a fuck about him and he's sleeping on his couch. Like he he's like he's obviously upset. And somebody who jumped his cousin, you don't expect him to fight them? Like that doesn't correlate to you? Like he of course, nobody should be out here fighting, but you don't feel that if he wouldn't have fought that person, that he wouldn't have got kicked out of his house. You didn't help protect your cousin. Like, you don't think, like, so she had to really fight for this kid to really not get kicked out. He ended up getting kicked out. But because of the COVID stuff, they dropped the requirements for 
you know, kids with uh, with a certain amount of credits to be able to graduate. So she fought, got him back, and he was able to graduate. That's what's up. That's what's up. So it's like you got to have certain people. You got to have the people in the spaces that actually care and not just there because they feel like they're good at teaching. No, definitely. It's like not everyone's going to understand the type of situations that go in. Like, you know, if I fucking, you know, I grew up in the U.S. for 26 fucking years. Uh-huh. You can't expect you can't expect me to go somewhere like fucking Cambodia where I don't really know shit <laughs> go going on. Go to the U.K. And, expect, and... <laughs> and then, you know, like be, be expected to like fucking fight for some shit that I don't fucking understand. Like, exactly. you know, I'm going to I'm going to need to educate myself about shit like this or like, you know maybe go somewhere where I actually fucking understand things a little bit better and then maybe fight and advocate for shit right there. But it's like, you can't just drop somebody in fucking situations like that and then expect them to understand what's going on. They're not going to fucking understand. Like, basically, like, right now, like, I'm speaking English, you speaking Portuguese. I don't know what the fuck you're saying. And I can't, if, you know, if you don't understand what the fuck I'm saying, how am I going to expect you to fight for somebody like me? Facts. But also, it's like, it, and then, like, it gets to a point where... Even if you don't understand what's going on, don't have an opinion about what the fuck is going on. Oh yeah, if you don't stay know, up, then stay up, stay yeah. your bitch ass out of it. Don't. Oh well, this is how it was, and in my country, no. Look, educate yourself first before you go forward. I'm not about to come out and speak out about anything in the LGBTQ community, being a heterosexual male, because I'm not in y'all shit until I educate myself. And then I'm standing on the side that's doing the right thing. Then boom, I don't know. Like other than that, mind your fucking business. And then like you can care, yes. And if you want to fight for me, educate yourself and then fight for me. But you feel me? It it, it really comes to a point to where it's like if you live in in this country, no matter where you from, it 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 gets pretty simple at the end of the day. Where like if you see unarmed black men, black women getting killed by police officers who are supposed to protect it. You see the injustice that's going on. I mean, I thought that would be blatant, but if you got to educate yourself, do so before you speak out and look stupid. Mm-hmm. And then it's that's... not, and then it's also not only black men and black women that's getting killed by police officers, white men too. You know, it's other people getting killed, but it's just at a fucking alarming rate. With black men and black women. I'm not saying that these other communities aren't in trouble. It's just that shit. This shit seems like it's every day with us. We got a new hashtag every fucking day. Yeah. And the funny thing about it, too, is just like, you know, a lot of times you're not even hearing about the shit that's not even fucking going down. Like, outside the U.S. Exactly. There's a whole bunch of racist shit and a whole bunch of other shit going on in other countries that we ain't able to hear about. Dude, I've been learning shit like fucking... um, a lot of like the black murders and shit that be happening in Canada, and I'm just like, I always Man. viewed Canada as like a very to be peaceful. peaceful. Place. <laughs> There's, oh well, no, no, like you know, like you guys got great fucking healthcare and shit like Man. that, and like there are a lot of communities where they keep their doors open, and the only crime is is teenagers because you know they're young and rebels and shit like that. Yeah, fact. but it's like you know there was this fucking incident that happened, like I think it was like a month, maybe two months ago at this point, where this fucking you know this young black woman fucking she was having issues mental health issues i think she was like having seizures and shit like that like she suffered from like some kind of brain injury and her mom 
would frequently call the police to go check up on her and shit like that. Mm. There was a there was a fucking issue that fucking happened. I think I her, heard about this one. She she fucking fell from I think it was like twenty four the twenty fourth story thirty third story some shit like mm. that and just felt like can you fucking imagine having a child being there with them every day for their life especially like when they're going through some shit like that the people you call in to help you and you expect to <laughs> you know you 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 hear your daughter screaming help help they're not letting you inside to check on the situation to see what's going on to maybe even calm down the situation you call mm-hmm. for help and next thing you know your daughter's dead that's some yeah. fucking crazy shit there was another there was another fucking issue that happened back in uh i think it was like 2015 where there was a guy who had some also mental health issues mm-hmm. he would sometimes because of his issues you know sometimes get a little violent and yeah, you know, occasionally I, the police I heard about were called this one. Mm-hmm. and this fucking dude had a hammer and he was very afraid he didn't know what the fuck was happening he didn't know what was going on and the fucking cop was so afraid for his life he emptied his fucking clip into this man this man had a fucking hat this man had a hammer he didn't have a gun you have a stun gun bro anything going on he felt so afraid of his life he emptied his fucking clip into this man who really had no no idea what was going on. It was no real present danger. There were other cops there. They could have fucking tackled him to the ground or some shit. Even with that, man. bro, you, you emptied you your fucking also... clip into this man. That is not okay. You the have, fact that the fact that you, you have, have no, it's like you have you have you, a stun you, gun. It's a whole other fucking the non-lethal fact that, The fact that you're so afraid that you go towards lethal measures because you're afraid. You like you that pussy. shit. That shit fucking blows you my pussy. mind. And you I was pussy. having a convers- I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about this. It's fucking crazy that like to be a doctor, you bare minimum a lot of times go through six to eight years of training to right. save a person's life. And to be a cop, you go through what a fucking physical eight. examination, and then like what like literally a month and weeks- a half. Of- yeah, eight weeks of training. fucking training, and then you're expected to like uphold laws and shut down. You're given lethal force to just. Right. That shit is fucking crazy. It right. it takes it's to donate sperm. There's more of a fucking checks and balance system going on right. than to fucking be a cop. <laughs> that shit's fucking insane to me. And that doesn't make any is, fucking sense. Okay, I need to get your opinion on this real quick. How do you feel about the oh, there's only a couple bad apples statement when it comes to police officers? Okay, so this is. My mom works in law enforcement and shit like that. So, like, you know, this is definitely something that uh, there are always going to be rotten apples, bad apples in the bunch. Always. Mm. No institution, especially one that is expected to uphold law enforcement, has authority. There's no way that there's not going to be some person abusing power anyway. I am a firm believer and culpability. Okay. You know, you can know something is happening, and if you choose to say sign about it, you're culpable. You know that something's happening. You are right. just as in fault as if and you guilty were there as a, doing something. Absolutely. Just like, just like the, the Asian cop who just stood there and looked stupid while the dude, the, the other officers was kneeling on George Floyd's neck. Watching him, dog. But, you an accessory to murder. But no, and this and this is a fucked up thing too, because of the way that 
and this is you know i'm not i'm not saying that it makes it easy for people like this but a lot of times like you know especially if you are in the minority kind of thing if you're a black cop if you're an asian cop if you're a hispanic cop things like that speaking up on issues like this a lot of times can go ignored and that's why like you know we've had cases cases where especially like you know there's ex-military and shit like that who become cops because they want to constantly like uphold the law and things like Mm -hmm. that a lot of times they see these injustices going on and then they end up becoming cop killers themselves and shooting and killing cops it's something that's been happening for a very long time do you remember the uh the chris Chris situation it's some yeah no that it's something that happened in baton rouge Mm -hmm. recently it's something that happens Especially not right now with the Black Lives Matter movement, right. I mean, like things are a lot more up in the front. Like you know, these things are being talked about a lot more. But it's like you can't expect someone, especially like you know, going on the military thing. And Dave Chappelle did a really, really, really good you know, bit about this yeah. and shit. Like I'm sure you know exactly what the fuck I'm talking mm-hmm. about. You know, you have people join the military to uphold peace, law, justice, order, whatever the fuck you want to say for the U.S. They're going out and fighting these threats these acts of terrorism and you bring them back home they've had this you know insulation themselves that like yes i'm going it's my job to fight acts of terrorism and you see shit like this going on in the police department where people are just fucking killing innocent black men and women and just anybody that they fucking can you cannot expect this person to you know i'm not condoning yeah, this type of shit that, to go off and just killing exactly. people because their job is to fight or- acts of terrorism, Thanks. whether it be foreign or domestic. or domestic. You cannot say that this person is wrong for doing what they did a lot of times. Sworn because to the they're basically they exactly sworn to they're sworn to the Constitution. They're sworn exactly. And like it's like I said, I'm not saying I condone this type of behavior, but at the fucking same time, you cannot breed someone to be a soldier and a killer to fight acts of terrorism okay. and expect them to not carry this out in any right. capacity. Yeah, so... It's like, that's like, just, I, I just like, you know, that, that doesn't yeah, fucking no, make sense right. to me. All right, so I want to, on the same subject as this, I want to, I want to give you uh, two things. It's like, I, wanna, I just want to read to you two things that was always instilled in us in the military. We have our warrior yeah, ethos absolutely. and our army values. Our okay. warrior ethos is it's a part of uh, our soldier's creed, something that we're always taught and we're, is ingrained to us in our basic training. Like, that's one thing. We have to know that before we graduate. But our warrior ethos is I will always place the mission first. I will never accept defeat. I will never quit. I will never leave a fallen comrade. And our army values are, it's it. The acronym is leadership, but it stands for loyalty, duty, respect, selfless server, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. And that's what we're bound by. That that personal courage one, I don't know why that hit me so. Yeah, heavy. it's it's one of those. I promise you, is it's like they ingrain it into you and basically training like this. They when they talk about oh we break you down to build you up, it's real. Like a lot of motherfuckers don't make it through because the breakdown process is too much for them. Well, no, and that's and that's why like PTSD is so fucking heavy and shit like this. It's like, like I said, they're pretty much like 
you know, like you said, they're breaking you down. They're building a new foundation on everything that you've ever fucking known in your life. Like, can you imagine being, you know, going in very young and just being so headstrong yeah. and having this idea of what it means to be a right moral person? And then during basic training, these several weeks that you're doing this shit, they break you down to your core and let you know that maybe everything you've known has been completely fucking wrong. And this is what it means to be an actual person. Mm-hmm. This is what it means to fight for someone else other than yourself. Like, that's that all of that, like, just. The military cycle, like it's just it, it's such a heavy load on right. on someone's psyche, and then when you when you get them very young like that, like that shit's it, it's traumatizing. It's crazy, yeah. Like you can't just like you know be raised the entire way and then like have these certain values and ethics, and all of a sudden be told, yeah, actually, you know what, you're fucking wrong. You know that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, Shit, I, I guess. I never thought about it. Fuck, all right, maybe. What was that fucking scene for all... Have you ever seen that movie, Minister Society? Ah, damn, it's been Yeah, years. when he knocked on the... When he, uh... He was like, you know you done fucked up, right? <laughs> you know you done fucked oh, up. Oh, the fucking... No, yeah, no, no, the, uh... The, the fucking, uh... uh the yeah. That's always going around, uh, like, talking wisdom. Yeah, yeah, You know you done fucked up, right? <laughs> <laughs> you went into the liquor store at 11 o'clock. Yeah, man, I'm, Went to the liquor store at 11 o'clock. So you were telling me right now that you went to the liquor store at 12 o'clock. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I went to the liquor store at 12 o'clock. See? I caught you. You know you done fucked up, right? <laughs> you know you done fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, man. Shit. God, yeah, no, I haven't seen the movie in a minute. Like, I, I need to. Like that, like that's definitely one of those movies. Like, if, if you're if you want the black experience, that's definitely one of the movies you got to see. That Boys in the Hood is definitely oh, another one. Baby Boy. Have you watched Snowfall? No. Ooh, probably the best. No, trust me, trust me, trust me. I've watched. Trust me, trust me. It's on my watch list. It's on my watch hey. list, especially like someone someone who's done cocaine yeah. in their life. Like, it's definitely on my watch Dang. list. I get you. So it's you. like, bro, I'm, <laughs> you about to think I'm being real blasphemous right now, and I don't care, but. I'm no, I'm up? putting it's riding up there with Game of Thrones. It depends on which season you're talking now, about. We're not I mean, talking, we're talking about talking like, season eight and that shit. We talking about prime. I mean, we're I'm, not. We talking about prime I, Game of Thrones, Red Wedding Game okay, of Thrones. Okay, so like, no, yeah. So we're talking like up to like season five. Yeah. All right, cool. I respect yeah. that. All right, so we good. We good. All right, so, all, right, all, right all right. I respect yeah. that. I respect that. Game Game of Thrones, Snowfall, and. I think it's one more show. I'm a little, I'm a little tipsy off this Remy, so it's it's escaping I mean, me right me, now. Like, no, I've been, I've been, I've been hearing you uncork shit there all the entire time. <laughs> I didn't want to say nothing, but like every once in a while, every once in a while, like you know, the, the listeners gonna be hearing this all ears. I'm just like, oh my boy, my boy hitting it, so my boy hitting it. I respect that. And Harry Potter, those are my three. Like I can, wa- I could go back and watch Game of Thrones. Snowfall and Harry Potter is like I'm rewatching Harry Potter right now, and I'm on uh Goblet. I just finished Goblet of Fire. I'm on Order of Phoenix. Goblet of Fire. So uh, you know, unpopular opinion, hot take, whatever the fuck mm-hmm. you want to call it. Goblet of Fire was my favorite. No, book. I loved hey, it. I, thought it was I respect great. that. Literally, I went on Twitter yesterday and was like, "Yo, what are y'all two top Harry Potter movies?" And all of my, a lot of my homies was like, "Goblet of Fire," and uh, what was the, what was the other most popular one? They, no, they said Half Blood Prince. And I was like, I respect Dude, that. Uh, I respect that. My 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 two favorites. They killed Dumbledore. Killed they <laughs> Mark Dumbledore, bro. That shit hurt. My two favorites mm-hmm. were Prisoner of Azkaban and Deathly Hollows Part Two. 
Part two was pretty good. Dog, part two is when the part two is when the smoke happened, and then Mrs. Weasley came out and was like, "What? Oh, I'm getting active. Yeah, you ain't about to touch my daughter." Whoop 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 whoop. Boom. Yeah, I'm marking shit. Mrs. Weasley came out with that smoke. She was a bad man. What? (laughs) And then Neville came out. He sliced up the soul. He sliced up the snake. Uh, uh, fucking Nagini, bro. Nagini. Neville came out with the hero. Man, come on, bro. Part two was fire. Like part one was slow as a motherfucker, but part two had all. The I mean, smoke. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of fucking Voldemort dying into little <laughs> black butterflies. And he shit had like that. to. That didn't even happen in the book. Like I know, that. but no, because that's not how it happened in the book. That also, shit, that shit was like a lot of shit didn't was happen so bad. the same way it happened in the book because originally in the book, fucking wasn't it? Wasn't it uh, Malfoy that was supposed to kill Dumbledore, not Snape? They changed <sighs> up fuck. a lot of shit. We just we we, 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 we 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 are we are we are hidden territory. We are hidden different territory. If you want to come back on a different <laughs> podcast episode, we can talk Harry Potter. But right now, I'm about to I'm about to switch oh, yeah, no, no, a little it, bit. Take all it right, back. So, take it back. Take it back. All right, all right, all right. So, keeping in with the uh, theme of the CD media, one of my uh, you know big core things with you know with the with the show is you know. Music and art are two things that saved my life in a lot of really intense situations. And then later on, I got hooked on cinema, things like that. I became a really big film buff and, you know, uh, media itself, you know, painting, mm-hmm. things like that. It, it it benefits a lot of people. Art saves lives. I'm a huge believer in that. Right. And, you know... You know, like, you know, when, when, when we were in high school and shit like that, I was always doing art stuff. And then, you know, we started an art club and shit like that. Like, we were very big and shit like that. So, do you, uh, you know, you definitely being a young black man in America, you've, I'm sure you've struggled a lot. You've had a lot of really intense situations kind of be thrown your way. What is one thing or what are a few things that you feel like, you know, helped really get you through these moments? You know, like, was, is there like a playlist? Is there an album or something like that that you feel like really even now listening to or just kind of, you know, doing that really helps ground you and really gets you back to where you feel like you need to Most be? Most definitely. Um, I still say to this day, after I stopped hooping and shit just started like coming down on me and I didn't know how to process my emotions and my anger and shit like that. Ken, Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly album has stopped me from doing some crazy shit to myself time and time again. Okay, so whether you're black or you're white, To Pimp a Butterfly, everyone needs to fucking listen to this album. This album's a fucking banger. So, like, the like, productions uh, and the lyrics, everything. King like, Kunta. King Kunta is still... Bro, my two favorite tracks on uh, that album are These Walls and How Much a Dollar Cost. And... Let me just get you background on that. To these walls, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, talk, no, talk, talk to us a little bit. These walls, it was my favorite track on the album for the longest, just because of the production, like the 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 beat and how everything comes together. Like it's just soothing. But when I found out, like, because and Kendrick's lyrics was always there, but when I found out what the hell he was talking about, I was like, damn, I low key resonate with this because it's a song about revenge. A lot of people, oh no, dude, Kendrick. Like, everyone always talks about Kanye West being, like, you know, like, even even our teacher would always mm-hmm. talk about Kanye West. Lyrical genius. But it's, like, Kendrick, I feel like a lot of times, is always being fucking slept sure. on for how good his shit is. And the is. thing is, is, like, always with these walls, Kendrick was talking about getting revenge 
on this dude who murdered his best friend. And and uh did you listen to his album uh Good Kid Mad City? No, that's my okay. shit. So are you fucking so, like you I lived I lived I lived I lived in Compton right. for a bit. So like you know like I can't I can't right. just act like that ain't a part so of my life. You remember after I for, I forgot what track it was, but you remember when they had a shootout and he was like hey uh hey Jace hey hey man these bitch ass niggas killed my brother like that whole yeah, thing. so basically yeah. these walls was basically the dude who killed his homie he's getting revenge on him by fucking his baby mothers because he's serving a life sentence in jail for killing his homie so he's getting revenge on that nigga by fucking his baby mama and i didn't even know that until i really like i Damn. like i really sat down and listened to the song like cuz i used to just love it to be able to groove to it got me into a good mood and yeah. like that, but well, it's the same thing. Same thing with like, like you know, like we're talking Good Kid, Mad City, backseat, mm-hmm. you know, uh, backseat freestyle, and like you know, swimming pools, like them some cool shit to fucking vibe to when you actually really listen. It's just like, Fact. fucking dude, swimming pools. You know, swimming pools. It's like it's about a huge dependency. It's Fact. about like a family curse. That shit is in your blood, man. Like that's some shit that you feel like you can't escape, Fact. and that you feel like you're constantly perpetuating. Like if it's like you know, this is who I am, but it's like it doesn't happen. Like, dude, Kendrick. Oh my Kendrick. god, fucking love. Love. Same Kendrick. thing with how much love a dollar cost. Like, how much a dollar cost ended up being one of my favorite songs just because it was a story of Kendrick smelling his own, smelling himself, and because he made it to this level of success, this amount of money, he takes this trip to Africa, and this bum is asking him for a dollar, and he's like, "Man, look, I work for my shit." I deserve to have everything. I ain't got to give you nothing. Lo and behold, this dollar, this, this bum, like, ends up becoming God. Like, the, the the bum the whole time is asking them, look, I'm just asking for a dollar, nothing else. Look, I don't, I ain't on drugs. I'm not doing this. I'm just asking you for a dollar. Can you help me out? And he's like, look, man, I, I don't need to. And then come to find out this bum is actually God, and the price of admission was that one dollar. And so the the main point of the song was how much does money really mean to you? Like, are you willing to look past yourself and help somebody in need rather than yeah, rather than being selfish what, and doing you? What's the price of salvation to you? What does it mean to you? Facts. So it's like, that's the thing. And then also, I know she's catching a lot of flack right now. But nigga, Doja Cat, I still listen to Doja Cat on an everyday basis. She makes some good ass okay. fucking music. Okay, 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 okay. To be fair with Doja Cat, Doja Cat made a lot of mistakes in the beginning, but she's apologized Fact. and accepted. Fact. And this is and this is and this is, and this, is this is one thing that really I'm not a big cancel culture Me person, either. you know, a lot of times because like Unless know, it's R. Kelly. What person what yeah. <laughs> what, what 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 person wasn't young? And made mistakes. And young, I'm a firm. She's a you young, know, racially ambiguous woman whose dad wasn't in her life, and she was raised by a white woman, bro. So it's like I did, like I yeah. like I don't fault her. I, mean, I was like, oh, she apologized, and it's like she wasn't participating in no racist shit. She was just letting these people do this shit to her. So how you gonna be mad at her for this? Yeah. Like, man, look, she makes some good ass music. Fuck y'all. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I love all of her fucking oh, music. Man. Like Moo 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 was the first song I heard and I was like, I hate dude, no, I, I hated that shit. shit. Dude, literally fucking I hated go to that shit. go to town, go to town, cyber sex, like all oh, that yeah. shit. Oh yeah, Pink is my fucking... Pink is my album, man. Pink is Pink mm, is my album. Dude, she Say So she is my favorite. Say So is my favorite. Song. Say So. Dude, that fucking chorus. Oof. 
Heat. That har- that harmony. Oh boy, hit me, hit me. <laughs> but like you know, like I said, you know, what person isn't young and ignorant and hasn't made mistakes? Right. And this is like one thing, and this is one thing that really bugs me about like I fucking hate Twitter. Twitter is such a fucking toxic place to me. But I love it. But like <laughs> people who go back ten, oh, 15, man, 20 fucking years, and it's just like this motherfucker said this. And this. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, it's like what? He was like he was like years ago. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, bro, like, he was, like, 16 at the time. Of course he was saying dumb it, shit. He's trying to be edgy y'all and motherfuckers shit. That's giving Justin the Bieber dude... a second chance. And there's a, literally a whole video of him when he first came into the music industry talking about singing a song, talking about hanging niggers. And y'all can forgive him, but y'all no. can, you ain't never... But no, 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 but, like, not only that, he's, like, fucking hanging on the balcony, spitting on people exactly, and shit like, like that. Come getting on, fights come on man. Like, like, but, you, you know, it's like, you, you, you can forgive him, but, like, some person made a really edgy joke when they were 16 years old and all of a sudden like they're 30 now it's like oh this person is really bad it's like no shut up in the past in the past like fucking 15 years you don't think this person grown and exactly. knew that they made a mistake and like maybe that's the reason why they deleted it or like maybe that's the reason why they want to you know disassociate themselves as possible maybe that's the reason why they're doing a lot of shit they're doing now right i'm just saying you know same, same thing people with Kevin Hart, will too. never people will never really change if you don't give them the chance to it's like you constantly want to preach about doing the right thing but the moment someone tries to do the right thing you want to fault them for something they did long ago you're not giving them a chance to be a better person that's not cool Malcolm X would still be a womanizer a thief and a drug dealer if he didn't have a chance to become like he would still be Malcolm Little he wouldn't be Malcolm X I'm just putting that out (laughs) but no and like you know and 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 that's the whole thing. It's like you know, like people. Okay, so you're gonna. <laughs> but no, like okay, so like you know, this a lot of people are probably gonna be listening in right now and think I'm fucking crazy for making this you know comparison. So we're gonna compare Doja Cat to Mahatma Gandhi. Oh God, I Gandhi know, was a sounds dickhead. Fu- sounds fucking God crazy. A dickhead. Doja Cat. Doja Cat. Yes. Said oh, some fucked up shit. She, you know, she's she she's she said faggot. She said a lot of crazy shit. But, you know, she apologized for everything that happened. She's making amends through a lot of stuff. She's donating to a lot of charities. She's making good music. And a lot of times she's putting those proceeds to other things. She's trying to be a better person. And I respect And that. that's all that matters. Ma- as long as you're making them strides. Mah- Mahatma Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi. Everyone remembers him for starving himself and helping liberate Indian shit like that. People forget the fact he that he fucking... Molested children. He be- he molested children. He beat women yep. regularly. Yep. Like he was a huge fucking piece yeah, of shit. Gandhi was, was like, a piece hey, of fucking be the shit. change, be the change you want to see in the world. Okay, I, I guess whatever. Okay, piece cool. I guess that's nice. Gandhi. No, same thing. Same thing with John Lennon. John Lennon was a huge fucking piece of shit, but he wrote fucking he wrote a song that made people think about themselves and a better world so like that's fine he was a part of the beatles and you know he was (laughs) doing all this shit but it's like no dude john lennon was a piece of shit hey one thing one thing that always fucks me up is that i was too young to know this but the fact that like a lot of my elders like didn't know what the fuck was going on with r kelly it's like dude this nigga called himself the pied piper of r&b you know what the fuck a Pied okay, Piper so, is, bro? No, no, no. A Pied okay, Piper so, is a so, motherfucker so. who plays music and abducts little kids. Here's my thing about R. Kelly. I was having this conversation with a friend of mine the other day at a bar. 
no one can say they were surprised about what Arden Kelly did because he sang about that shit for years. None of this shit should be surprising because he made a song about pretty much every goddamn thing he's ever done. He said some weird shit in his songs. So anytime you hear that, oh, Arden Kelly did this. Like, the the creepiest thing is when we found out he was he mm. got Aaliyah pregnant and that whole bunch of shit. We was like, hold up, what? And then so and okay. then a whole okay, bunch so, of shit so. started coming out because niggas was trying to like accuse Jay Z of some shit, but nobody had no factual proof on that because you know Foxy Brown was underage when she got signed to to um. I forgot the record living him and Damon Dash started together. And they tried to make accusations on Jay-Z, but they could never prove it. But, you know, like, it's like, bro, R. Kelly, you could see the weird shit that he was doing. Oh, no, the dude was fucking crazy as shit. And that's why, like, I love I love the whole Dave Chappelle skit, like, you know, skit on that shit. <laughs> but it's like, no, but like, no, but like Dave, Dave was right. Hey, Dave's always been right, man. Like, Dave's the like, 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 this motherfucker... Yeah, no, absolutely. But it's like, you know, Arn Kelly never hid who he was as a person. So anytime, like, you hear some shit pop up, you're like, oh, no, that definitely sounds like that motherfucker. <laughs> he said a whole like, time, like, people, you know, I don't know how to hold time. Why would I hold time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, that was random. That was my favorite part. <laughs> Why would I no, hold I... time? <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck! Oh shit! Oh fuck! Okay. <laughs> oh fuck! Oh my god! Okay. Um. <laughs> shit. Fuck. Okay. Back to serious mode. All right. So there's there's two more things I definitely want to talk about before we we end up finishing this. Um. So for people who, when the official release comes out, I'm gonna have to do a little bit of editing. We uh and we actually had some technical difficulties. Uh, going in, but we're actually entering very close to an hour and a half on this, and um, you know, I try to put, I try to make things a reasonably listen, uh, you know, reasonably listenable thing. So, you know, I definitely there's there's so much more that I definitely want to talk to with my boy Vino here at some point. We definitely need to have him back on the show, and hopefully, you guys agree with this. But um, the last two points I definitely want to talk about is uh, definitely like being a young black man in America, you know, it's like I said, going to an HBCU, living the black experience. I definitely want to know your opinions on the black lives matter movement and what's going on. And then we'll have our closing thoughts, like uh, pretty much what everyone's going to be expected to hear throughout the rest of the podcast, throughout the rest of the series. So, you know, like I said, being a young black man in the black lives matter movement, what, how how is this how is this hitting you? I love it. You know, like what's okay. I love it. Uh of course it's it's a lot of corporations and a lot of people that are trying to capitalize on this movement. And I mean this is this this is literally like 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 Gambino said, this is America. Thanks. Thanks. You know, every we're 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 a capitalist society. If there's any way that someone's gonna learn to make a buck, they will right. do it. How do you think how do you think slavery happened? It's literally this country was founded on exploitation of certain situations right. to make a buck. We can't be surprised by any of this right. shit. So it's like I love it. I love the fact that um it's literally a movement created to explain like not even explain but promote that black lives matter. That's all we're that's all we're saying. Black lives matter. Not that they're better than anybody else, not that they're above anybody else, 
but that they fucking matter. That's all we're trying to say. And then the yeah. fact that it's an argument is just baffling. All lives matter. Duh. All lives fucking matter. But black, like all lives won't matter until black lives matter, my guy. That's all we're saying. But no, it's, it's like, no, but no, no. It's like, it's like the easier way to simplify that type of situation. Yes, we get it. All lives do matter. Yes. But we're trying to address the fact that black lives at this moment matter just a little bit less. And let's be real. You know, shit's going, shit's been going down for years. There have been murders and shit like that happening all across, but no one ever fucking hears that. Right. All we hear about is school shootings, about how like 17 white kids were shot. No one's ever really talking about it like the black kids that were shot or, you know, right. we're, this is, this has become such a mainstay in American life right. that it's completely brushed under the rug. Most definitely. And then it's, it's, it's really gotten to a point to where like, I just love that everybody of different shades are coming out to to promote and help preserve black lives. Fucking absolutely fucking absolutely. And I just I just love like, seeing that. Especially like and I love the fact it, it's people out here that are stopping the fucking peep the extremists of cancel culture trying to get these celebrities to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, bro, Dave Chappelle said it the best. There are already people on these fucking front lines. Who the fuck gives a fuck what John Rule has to say at this moment? <laughs> no, these people are doing that shit. If they need me to do something, then I'm going to do it. But other than that, I'm going to let these people well, do no, their no, fucking no, no, job. No. But no, absolutely. No, he, he straight up said it. If they, if they want my opinion, if they want me to do something, they'll ask me. You don't want to hear from fucking but Dave so far, Chappelle's but so far, these motherfuckers. But so far... But no, but also, so far, everyone that's been asking you to do some are not the people who this is affecting. Exactly. They got this. They got this in the streets. That's totally fine. I get it. You've got your platform. You want to ask questions about shit like that. That's totally fine. But the people that actually matter, the people that it's really affecting, they haven't asked me. So until they ask me, I'm good. I'm going to let you do your thing. Exactly. So it's like, you know, what all, like, I don't give a fuck. I'll tell y'all this. I live in Los Angeles right now, and it's just been going down lately. Like the protests been going crazy. Yeah, I love no, it. yeah. You've got the fucking national. You got the yeah. national guard and shit. And so, like, with me being in the, I, I, I'm a part of the national guard. I got a phone call saying that my people were activated. But my thing is, is what I one, I felt like they was on the wrong side of the fight. Then also, I have a whole lot of contractual bullshit going on with the military right now. And the fact that my leaders are calling me and they didn't even know all of the bullshit that I was going through to help get my contract resigned, a whole bunch of bullshit means you're not doing your job because your job is to litter your job is to care and take care of yourself. That's your only job. So the fact that you didn't the problem is they they ain't listened to they ain't listened to the simple butterfly. They would have known this shit yeah. by now. So it's like the fact that they know what's <laughs> going on, I really told them to go fuck themselves. And you got it. Uh, if you like, no, nah, I'm not coming. Y'all got it. I mean, y'all can talk to me when I get my shit straight. Other than that, I'm not going out there. So it, it was one of those things to where, like, you know, I went out to a pro. I went out to a protest. I only went to one protest so far, just because, like, I know how I am and I know how my temper is and I know why I won't let fly. And I'm not like. I feel bad for honestly saying this, but I don't. I didn't want to put myself in danger. But no, dude, no. That but the fact you got the fact that the matter you got one life fact, to live. I totally respect that. that. That's totally but fine. The fact of the matter is, is like I should be willing to put my life on the line for something that matters. You feel me? So it, it's both sides of the spectrum. And if there's another protest coming, I'll probably will go. 
But the first time I went out was because I found out my cousin is all he's also in the National Guard and he was out there. So, you know, I went out there, I went out with my backpack, checked up on him. Um yeah, yeah. found out his ass like was still at his unit because he he's a sergeant, he doing big shit and he just administrative and was sending people out. But when I got out there, I just started, you know, I had I had brought a hell uh, like ten waters with me. Handed, started handing waters out to protesters. You feel me? Stayed there for a bit, and then I dipped out. I was like, man, look, when they start shooting rubber bullets, I promise you, if I get killed, everybody in L.A., Inglewood, why all APD is gonna get shut down? Because if I get killed, and hey, my family's gonna shut all this shit down, you think this what? What? <laughs> so I, I'd rather remove myself from this situation. I feel that. No, I mean, so I mean. We're pretty much heading up the end of the podcast right now at the end of the episode. So, I mean, we might as well get a little real. Um, so, I definitely, I, I, I've been struggling a little bit with my, like, sense of identity. It's like, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier on the podcast. It's like our black experiences were completely fucking different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always grew up never really being black enough, you know. And I didn't realize this until I was having a conversation with a, a really good friend of mine that... I never, because I was constantly being displaced kind of in this type of situation and never being black enough and never really being seen as a black person myself, when it comes time to matters like this, I never, ever really felt the need to throw myself out there. You know, it's like I'm never black enough whenever it really mattered, but all of a sudden shit's going down. Oh, yo, what's up, man? You coming in? It's like, what, what do you mean? Exactly. Like I spent the past like twenty, spent the past twenty six years not really mattering to you, and all of a sudden now because shit's going down, my melanin is enough for you. All of a sudden, <laughs> it's just like what the fuck, what the fuck you mean? And you know, I grew up around, you know, I went to like private schools and shit like that, and I grew up around a lot of white people and stuff like that, and I realized that I never really saw myself as anything other than white and it was like it was it was a really weird realization to come to Mm -hmm. because like i've never i've only really experienced racism like heavy racism twice in my life and i've never really felt afraid of the cops the cops have always you know if i ever got pulled over or some shit like that like i always was able to kind of like talk my way out of situations or like you know i never had like a black scent i was always very confident in who I was as a person and I think that saved my life in a lot of occasions because it's like you know I never felt afraid you know I never felt afraid or I never really felt like I was in danger in any way or it's like I never felt like I didn't deserve the type of you know respect that anyone should get from cops and that helped me out in a lot of situations but you know I did have an instance where I was drunk and I was like getting food from my friends and I was riding back and I got lost. My phone died and I was in a neighborhood. I didn't know where the fuck I was. And this fucking cop rolls up on me. and just like, Hey, you know, we received word that like this suspicious person is like riding up and down the street, like scoping out houses. And I'm just like, no, I'm lost. And then I ended up getting thrown on the fucking hood of a fucking, a, a, a fucking hot ass hood of a fucking cop car. And this person eventually realized, like, I was no threat to him. And it's like, you know, he ended up helping me. But it's like, I was just confused the entire fucking time. But 
if I didn't have that instilled confidence in myself that this person is here to help me and that I am no threat to this person, some other shit probably would have fucking gone down. Thanks. And then, but, but it's also and, like, I, uh, I feel bad. Cause it's like, man, like, he, like that, that's just a once in a lifetime situation, bro. Not even, not even that. Cause that's like trying to put light to what your situation is. But the fact of the matter is, it's but, like, yeah, and that's and that's and, and that's, and and that's why I want to say, like, our black experience were completely fucking. But different. the thing is, is like, I've had a lot of those situations too. But like, I feel like I'm able to tap into the white side that I was taught from my family, like my my uh, my second family. You feel me? That mm-hmm. like, if I soften my voice, speak proper, and I I don't presume my, presume myself as a threat, then I won't be. A, I won't. You know. Shit won't escalate further. Yeah, yeah, but that, but no, but like that—that's the crazy thing, though. You have, you know, the term has been thrown around a lot. You have the, you know, capacity to know that you have to, you know, code switch. Yeah, I never had that issue. I was always in my mind, and I never really realized this until I started talking to more people about it. I always saw myself as being white. Mm. I never saw myself because I was constantly like in these situations where I'm being like pushed aside by my family and all this shit's going down and because of the friends that I had, the music I listened to, the shows that I watched. Yeah. I was never really black in both my eyes, but also the eyes of my family and the eyes of my community. I was never black. Yeah. I, in my mind, I was always white. So, like, you know, for you to say, like, you know, yeah, you had, you know, your second family, your white family and stuff, and that you knew that you had to soften your voice. I never had to do that. That was naturally just who I was. Yeah. So for me to kind of realize at this point that I have been pushing down my blackness for so long that I'm going through fucking, I'm going through an existential crisis and knowing, you know, not knowing if I should go to protest or what, you know, what the right thing to say or do or like whether or not to be quieter about certain things. Yeah. I had this huge thing going on in my brain where I was just lost yeah. all the fucking time. I was so, I was, I was having so many anxiety attacks. I would just sleep all day so I wouldn't have to face the reality of what yeah. was happening. And I, I, I was I, constantly I, fighting myself with shit I like can't that. even understand and that's why, like, what you're going through, bro. Like, and, like, that's what I'm saying. It's just like our experiences were completely different. You'll, you'll, always, you'll always be my brother. You'll always be my family. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, our experiences were completely right. different. You were aware of the fact that you had to change up your ways. I never had that understanding i always was just safe in my mind yeah and so like when i actually did experience you know this really intense mode of racism where the person you I thought, thought he was, was just tripping you thought me, he was just tripping i was like no the entire time i'm drunk as fuck i'm just like like what the fuck is happening exactly like that shit that shit resonated with me for a long time and it's something like you know also i kind of pressed down because it was so it was it, it was it was such an it was such an outlier situation that something that never happened before. It was very easy to blow off and dismiss until shit started getting real again. But yeah, but yeah, it's just like you know, like I just it's 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 weird to me that you and I and like you're not even that much darker than me. You know, the same shade, bro. I just be out of the sun a little and bit it's more. Like, <laughs> but it's like you know, like you and I have had such different experiences with such a similar shade of skin. And even, like, going to the same high school and, like, doing all this shit like that, the fact that 
the way that you see being black and the way that I see being black is completely fucking different. And it's crazy because at the end of the day, they see me, they see you, they're going to see the same fucking thing regardless. And it's just like having this like internal sense of not like importance, but internal sense of who you are and who you, you know, who you want to be. And just having that completely shot down by some crazy shit. Like, it's just, it's, it's yeah. weird. And that's the thing. Like, I, like, I just found out that I got extra shit in me as well. Like, I'm not just 100%, oh, I'm a Negro. Like, oh, you, my, oh, my, can, my, my, grand, my grandmother's father was Irish. My, oh, my shit. grandfather on my dad's side. And you, and you ain't drinking whiskey right now, but you drinking Remy? All right. That's my, that's my, okay. I drink, I drink whiskey all the time. You know, you feel me? That's, that's my, that's my, that's my <laughs> go-to. You know, Glenn Levitt, Jameson, all that. But, uh, my grandfather, I just found out he Cuban. Like, it, like, you know, it's still black, but you know, that's on the, that, that's on the other side. You feel me? Y'all was just, they was just dropped yeah. off in Cuba. But, <laughs> you know, I got other shit in me too, but it's like I was just I was just raised to think a different type of way. You feel me? And it and it wasn't even my family that taught me that. It was just the experiences that I had went through because of my proximity. You feel me? And that and that's mm-hmm. really all it yeah. is, is just your proximity, like and the 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 friends you choose to make and the situations that you choose your choices and what you choose to, to and not to get into. And also you as a person at the end of the day, we both had totally different experience. And that was just because of the, realistically the choices that we made, the people that we were around, the proximity of where we were at, the choices that our parents made to put us in a different situation. And both of our situations are valid because I promise you, like sometimes I felt like I was acting white because I would do certain shit. You feel me? And that's the, that, that's the, yeah. that's the vision that, or the, the terminology that you know, other black folks in our community will use when you would speak proper, or you will lit, you will be watching anime, or you be you be doing other shit, or like you will correct them on some shit. Like, no, it's not conversate, it's converse. You feel me? It, it be it be different little shit. Like, oh, you want man? You talking white? You feel? But but like, bro, what are you talking about? It's educated. This ain't white. <laughs> they ain't they ain't create shit. You feel me? So exactly, exactly. It's one of those things to where it's like. I I feel bad that I wasn't more present to help you go through this because the fact that you're going through an existential crisis where you don't feel black enough, you don't feel like you can, you you actually wanted to speak up on black issues is ludicrous because you was raised by a black ass mama. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, like no, no. You definitely no. You know my mama. Like she is black that's, as black can and be, and that's my baby. You feel me? So it's oh, like, I love her too. You know man, that. That's my baby right there. So it's like that's no, the fact that's, that that's, you feel and that, that way. And that was always a weird thing. It's like going home as a friend that I didn't help give you that validation. You feel me? Because you didn't get it from anywhere else. So I should have been able to help you. Get that validation. Like, no, you black enough than anybody, my nigga. Just because you different don't make you less black than anybody else around this motherfucker. Same thing with me. Oh, I wasn't because, accept- because they they ain't gonna see nothing different when they see right. us. Because it's like same thing with me. It's like, I mean, I was tolerated, but I wasn't accepted for real. Like, yeah. I was accepted by y'all, but any other group, I was tolerated. He cool, you feel me? But they ain't about to invite me to their house for dinner. You feel me? They out there, but they they ain't thinking about inviting Dino. You feel me? They thinking about inviting the homie that Dino <laughs> usually come with. So it's like, yeah, 
one of those things where like you know I was I was always viewed as that person that straddled the fence, even though I just stayed in my own lane. So it like at this point, you black as hell and you black enough to speak up on any motherfucking <laughs> issue you want to. And your like feelings, emotion, your 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 opinion matters because literally every it is more motherfuckers who got the same view and depth and uh feelings as you than you think out here, and they need your voice. Oh no, and that's and that's the whole point of this of this podcast. You know, like I tell people all the time, a lot of people go through a lot of really intense emotional mental issues and shit like that. And the problem is they don't hear enough people talking about it. Facts. And that's one thing. That's one thing I want to do with this. You know, one thing I want to do with the show is I want to start a dialogue. I want to start a discussion so people understand that they're not the only ones feeling this way. And that's why you know a lot of the a lot of these early episodes. I got a lot of my really close friends coming in. Because I know that they have stories to tell, and I know that they can help really push this dialogue forward to help people feel comfortable to talk. And that's why, you know, you weren't, you know, going to be the first guest. But honestly, from the conversation we had tonight, I'm honestly starting it off with a bang. I'm I'm so I'm so happy that you were, you know, the first real person to really push push their voice out here. Like you, like I said, you mean we go way back and. To f- the f- the fact that you were so excited to be here with me and share your story like that means a lot yeah. to me. I appreciate it's it most definitely. I appreciate you. You know I'm gonna be here for anything, man. You ask me for something, you got it. That's all. That's how it goes. Yeah. And that's how it should be always. You know, family. We we all we're all part of the human experience. You know, right. we should all be supporting each other at all points. Right. right. All right. So I guess you know closing remarks. Um, we had we had a, we had a lot to talk about today, and one thing that definitely really hit me close that we talked about was your middle school experience, and you know being the person that you are now, and you know doing the military shit, fucking with the Black Lives Matter movement going on, just coming into terms with yourself and just who your family is, and you know everything that makes you you. If you could go back to that time in middle school when you had these issues of racial violence and shit like that, and when things were really hard for you, knowing who you are now and knowing how the world is now, what is one thing that you would say to yourself to help make things a little bit easier on you? Like my young- what's, one thing, right. what's, what's one thing you would say to your younger self to help push you through these situations that felt so fucking hard for you? What's one thing you would say? Um. Hey, ah, that's tough. Uh, it is tough, but you know what? That's this is this is a therapy session. Facts. You know what? If we didn't learn, if we didn't learn nothing, we ain't going nowhere. Like, let's be real. So I'm gonna give you a little bit of time to think about this, but hey, really um, think hard because you know this 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 is a heavy question. Right. But you know, okay, I got same, it. The I same it. question that all my guests are gonna be. This is the same question all my guests is gonna be, are going to be expected to answer. So, you know, if you're listening in, if you're a future guest on the episode, think about this. Hey, all right, I got it. It's actually like one and a half thing. But okay. first, no matter what anybody tells you or how you feel about yourself, you are meant to be here. Don't let that shit change because... 
you are your own worst enemy. Second, and I got this because I was watching The Help the other day. Um, <laughs> crazy ass movie. But you is kind, you is smart, <laughs> you is important. That's it. No, that 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 fucking no, that 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 shit hits me. Like I think about it and I quote it a lot of times to myself in my head and like it 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 is a very powerful thing. You kind, you smart, and you important. That's that's man. That's big. That that that's probably the only thing and it's like Yeah, just push through, man. You got you got everything in you you need, just push through. I appreciate that. Honestly, Vino, um, I appreciate you being on the show. We just hit two, what? Probably two hours. It's a, uh, well, no, yeah, this one right now, it's 71 minutes. And then the previous recording was about half an hour. So we're, we're, we're hitting about an hour and a half right now. Okay. And, uh, but no, honestly, I appreciate you hanging in. I appreciate you having this discussion with me. Um, is there anything that you want to plug, any projects you're working on, any social media or anything like that you want to let everybody know about? Um, currently, I'm just in the lab right now. I'm reading a couple books because uh, I'm, I'm tiptoeing in the screen right, right now. So I'm reading a couple books right now to, to help give me my foundation. But if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, literally all of my socials are the same except for Twitter. But uh, yeah, my Instagram is the great Vino. He He'll probably post that on the um on the on the Instagram page. But if y'all want to follow It'll me, it'll be on, on the Insta. Yeah, absolutely. So if you all want to follow me on that, that's great. But I just appreciate you, Mark, for having me. And you know, this episode was it was healing, man. I appreciate that. I'm glad. Like I said, all I want to do is give 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 people a voice because I know everyone's got a story to tell, and if. All they all they really need is a platform, you know. They they just need a, a way to put their voice out there, and you know, you're, you're one of my oldest fucking friends, and I know from the time that I've known you, you've always had a story to tell. And if I can help push that out to people, help inspire some people, you know, we can make magic happen. Absolutely, right. All right. So thank you guys again. This is the first episode of Cedar Media. We got a lot more to come. And if uh, Vino's down to come back for another episode, we can definitely have him in. Hey, I mean, you, you feel know like, that. You feel like you had a good yeah, time? Yeah, I'm ready to come back already. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Peace.